With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about Bakama Daf Chaf, page 20. We begin five lines in, third word. Amr Ilfa Ilfa says, Behemah Bershah Sarabim, if there's an animal in the public domain, Pashat Savar Va'achla, it's stuck at its neck and it ate something, may Al-Gabi Chaverta, from on top of another animal, Chayeves, so there's an obligation to pay. Even though there's no obligation to normally pay if your animal eats something in the public domain, here there is an obligation. Why? My timer. Because when it took it off the back of its friend, off the back of another animal, so it's considered the private domain of the person who got damaged. Uh, let's bring a proof to this concept. Someone had a box on his back. When an animal stuck at its neck and ate from inside of the box, there is an obligation to pay. The Gemara says it's not a proof. Because like Rava says elsewhere, we could say it here as well. He says elsewhere that the animal jumping will create an obligation to pay. Since it's an unusual thing for it to do, there'll be an obligation to pay half the damages. Over here as well, we're talking about a case where it jumped, and therefore you have an obligation to pay. So you can say that the price is not a proof to Ilfa. Where was Rava actually originally stated? On the statement of Rabbi Aisha. If you have an animal that's walking along in the public domain, so if it was walking along and it ate something, there's no obligation to pay. Shane is potter in Rosh Hashanah. But if it stood up and it ate something, then there is an obligation. So the Gemara says, what's the difference if it's walking along and something that's normal? So if it stands up, it's also something that's normal. So Rava there said that the case is talking about where it stood up and jumped. So that's why there's an obligation to pay. I'm talking about half damages because it's something that's unusual. Bizer asks the following question, If let's say you have something that's rolling from one place to the, to the other, do we go after the original place where it came from? I mean, let's say it was in Rosh Hashanah and the animal rolled it and ate it in Rosh Hashanah So you go after the place where it rolled from and do you go after the place where the animal ate it? Hey, what's the case? For example, we have a sheaf that was in a private domain. And the animal rolled it and brought it into the public domain. What's going to be the halacha? Let's try to bring a proof. We learned in a bright if you have a package, part of it is within, meaning within the private domain, and part of it is outside of the private domain. If it ate it inside of the private domain, so there's an obligation to pay. But if it ate it outside, there's no obligation to pay. So, my love, maybe the case is talking about where it rolled from inside to outside, and therefore you see that you're going after the place wherever the animal is, not where it originally was. Gemara says, like, you, you can't prove anything. Could be we could say like this, if it ate whatever was originally inside, then there's an obligation on that thing. But whatever was originally outside, there's no obligation. And therefore, it's going on the place where it originally was. And there's no proof that you go after where the animal actually ate it. Another possibility. That Rebichia's breast is talking about a case where the, uh, the grass, the, the animal fodder is actually a long stalk. And therefore, when it started out, so you have two parts of it. It wasn't actual individual pieces of barley, let's say, but it was lo- a long stalk. So wherever the animal actually pulled it into, so that's where it's considered that it was even originally. So even though you have part of it which was outside, part of it inside, since the animal pulled it inside, so it's going to be considered like it was connected to the place where it ended up being eaten. Therefore, we go after wherever it was eaten. But if you have a case, let's say we have individual pieces of barley, so there, they, they wouldn't automatically get pulled along if, if the animal eats some of the barley from one side, it's not going to pull along the other pieces of barley to, the, to that same side. Therefore, they're not connected to the place where it's eating per se, and therefore we have no proof to our case.
The Gemara continues, We said in the Mishnah that if an animal eats an article of clothing, so there's only an obligation to pay half the damages. And then we said right after that, there's only an obligation in the private domain, but not in the public domain. Ahaya. On which case is it going when we said that there's no obligation in the in the public domain? Is that also in the case where it ate something unusual? Amarav, Sarav says, Akulu. It's going on all cases. My time. What's the reason why even there's no obligation if you do something unusual in Rosh Hashanah, the animal eats an article of clothing, which is unusual, because he holds that whenever you have an unusual thing, both from the side of the person who got damaged and from the side of the person who caused the damage, there's no obligation to pay. For example, in this case, so that the fact that the animal found a piece of an article of clothing in the middle of the Rosh Hashanah in the public domain, that's unusual for a person to leave his clothing there. Therefore, if an animal does something unusual, which is to eat that clothing, so since there's something unusual from the side of the Nizak, the person who got damaged, and there's something unusual from the side of the Mazak, the person who caused the damage, therefore there's no obligation for the person who caused the damage to pay. Shmuel, Shmuel says, that the, the only time that we said that there's a difference between a private domain and a public domain is only in regards to fruits and vegetables. But Shmuel holds that in fact, in regards to an article of clothing or some kind of vessel, so there will be an obligation to pay since it's unusual, there's an obligation in an unusual case in Rishos Harabim in the public domain. And similarly, Rish Lakish said that that statement that there's a p'tur, there's no obligation in regards to the public domain, it's going even on the case where it ate an article of clothing. But as the Lakish and so according to his own reasoning, Damar Rishlakish, Rishlakish says, If you have two cows in the public domain, and one of them is crouching down, which is unusual, and one of them is walking along, which is usual. If the animal that was walking along kicked the animal that was crouching, there's no obligation, since there's something unusual in regards to the animal that caused the damage, and there's something unusual in regards to the animal that was damaged, that was crouching. However, if the animal that was crouching Crouching, kick the animal that was walking along. Chayevus, there is an obligation because there's nothing unusual from the side of the animal that got damaged because it was walking along as it normally does. But there was something unusual from the side of the animal that caused the damage. Therefore, there is an obligation. That in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yechanan says it's only going on the case of the fruits and vegetables. But he holds that in regards to an article of clothing or a vessel, so there is an obligation to pay. So now the Gemara says, Lamer Rabbi Yechanan, less would we say that Rabbi Yochanan does not hold Rish Lakish Afidu Bishtei Paras even in regards to two cows? It could be that he holds that in regards to the case of the Mishnah, which is some kind of clothing. So there a person, it's common for him to leave his, his coat, let's say, in the middle of the road. Why? Because he's unloading something and he gets hot and he takes off his his jacket. So it's common that it gets left on the middle of the road. And therefore, the reason that Rabbi Yochanan would say that there is an obligation for the for the animal, the owner of the animal to pay, is because it's only strange in regards to the animal and not in regards to the person who got damaged. In regards to two animals, where one's crouched and one's walking along, so he would agree to Rish Lakish that since it's unusual for an animal to be crouched, and it's unusual for the animal that's walking along to kick, therefore you have something unusual, both in regards to the person who caused the damage, and both in regards to the person who got damaged. Therefore, he would agree to Rish in principle there that there's no obligation for the person who caused the damage to pay. The Gemara continues, If the animal benefited 
it was eating in a place, let's say in the Rosh Hashanah, in the public domain, where there's no obligation for the owner to pay, because it's uh, it's excluded from the verse, Ubir Bistayacher, has to be in the Chatzar Hanizak, in the domain of the person who got damaged. So but let's say there's no obligation to pay, but nevertheless, you still have to pay for whatever it benefited. Vikama, how much is that? Rabbi Amr Demei Amir. Rabbi says it goes by how much the owner would have had to expend in order to feed it. It's regular animal fodder. But it doesn't matter if it if it went and it ate some, something of greater value, it won't have to pay the greater value. So Rav says that if it actually ate something which was barley, which is a higher value than something it would normally eat, so you pay a lower value on the barley. Rashi says you pay two-thirds of the value. So if a b'risa like Rav, we have a b'risa like Rav. Rav All you pay is the value of the animal fire that you would have fed it. We have a like Rav. If it, if it benefited, so you have to pay whatever the benefit was. Ketzav, what's the case? If it ate a calf or, or two calves, we don't say that it has to pay their value. Rather, we evaluate how much would a person be ready to pay to feed his animal something which is which is fitting for it, even though it's not something which is common for him to feed him. And therefore, based on that, if the animal had gone and eaten something which was not good for it, for example, for it to eat weed is not good for an animal, then there would be no obligation to pay, because since that's the case, so it didn't benefit from that eating at all. So there's no benefit, so you don't have to pay for the benefit. The Gemara continues. I'm going to read Rav Chizda says to Rav Bar-Chama, haves gaban You weren't with us in the evening in the base measures. The Bayalon Milim Alaisa. We asked a great question. Amar my Milim Alaisa. So he says, "What was the great question that you asked?" Amar Lei. So he said to him as follows: Hadarba Chazer Chaveris Shalemi Daita. Let's say Ruvain lives in the house of Shimon and Shimon's not aware of it. Is it necessary for him to pay for the benefit that he got, which was to stay in his house, or not? The guy didn't even know. What's the case? If it's a place that is not normally rented out by Shimon, and Ruvain, who stayed there, doesn't usually pay to rent out a place, so this one didn't benefit anything, this one didn't lose anything, so there should be no obligation to pay. So rather we're talking about a place which Shimon usually rents out, and Ruvain is somebody who usually pays to rent out a place. So this is a case where this one benefited, and this one lost out. So of course you would have to pay. No, we need to We're talking about a place which is not usually rented out, meaning Shimon does not intend to rent out his house, and he went off maybe on vacation, let's say, and the person who stayed there, Ruvain, so he usually would pay to stay in a place like this. My. So what do we say? Matzi Amarle, my chasarticha. Can Ruvain say to Shimon, I didn't make you lose anything, you wouldn't have rented it out anyway, meaning you don't usually rent this place out. Or Dilma, Matsi Omar, or perhaps Shimon can respond and say, on Tachachaf from the base, page 20b, Ha Ishanis, you did indeed benefit from my house, so therefore you should have to pay me. Amar Leh Masnisenhi. So Rabbi Barachama answered, it's actually a Mishnah. Hey Masnisen, he said, which Mishnah is it? Amar Leh. So Rabbi Barachama said, Lechi Tishamishli, so when you sir, do me a service, I'm going to answer your question. So he took his kerchief and he folded it up. And he responded and said like this, It's actually our Mishnah. The Mishnah says that if my animal benefited by eating your thing, so you have to pay for the benefit. So, so what we see is that if there's a benefit, you have to pay. So Rabbi says, How fortunate is somebody who Hashem is on his side? Even though it wasn't such a good comparison to our Mishnah, nevertheless, Rav Chizid didn't respond to anything and he accepted Rabbi Barachama's words. What's the question? There are two totally different cases. In the case of the Mishnah, so 
I benefited when my animal ate from you because now I don't have to feed my animal and you lost out because you lost your thing. And in the case that the question was asked, so it was Zenin of Zalechasarhu. It was a case where it was one was benefiting but the other person was not losing out anything. For Rami Barchama, so how did Rami Barchama understand things? Why was it a good comparison indeed? Stam Paris, that if you find any kind of fruits in the public domain, so we can assume that the owners had indeed made them ownerless, and therefore it's considered that I caused you damage, but you didn't lose anything. I benefited, said better, I benefited, but you didn't lose anything. Therefore, the fact that we see that there's an obligation to pay, despite the fact that the fruits were there and they were left ownerless there, so we see in a case where it was Zen Nen of Zelechaser, one person benefited, the other person didn't lose anything, so you still have to pay. The Gemara continues, Tanan, we learned that a Mishnah, Mishnah, if Shimon, let's say, has a field on the inside, and then Ruvain has a f- has fields surrounding on three sides Shimon's field. And Ruvain places a fence between his field and Shimon's field, meaning between the outer field and the inner field. So there's no obligation for Shimon, even though Shimon has benefited now that there's a fence on three sides, nevertheless, there's no obligation for him to pay for this fence that Ruvain put up. We can deduce that if indeed Ruvain had put up, if, if he had a fourth side, if Ruvain had his field surrounding Shimon's field on four sides, and he put up the fourth wall, so then there would be an obligation for Shimon to pay, because now he's completely protected on all four sides. Shmami, now we can deduce from this, that if someone benefits and the other person didn't lose out, like in this case, where Ruven in any event was putting up this fence, so he didn't lose anything, but Shimon benefits from that, nevertheless he still has an obligation to pay. Shani Hassam, so the Gemara says it's different over there, because over there, the reason that Shimon has to pay is because Ruven can say to him, listen, why wouldn't you pay? You wouldn't pay because I didn't lose out by putting up this fence, I had to put up this fence anyway. The only reason I had to put up this fence is because you're here, so therefore that's why I have to put up the fence. So that's why also Shimon has to pay for it, because it's really Shimon's fault, in a certain sense, it's Zenan of Zechaser, so therefore Shimon has to pay for the fence. Tashima, we try to bring another proof. Amar Biyasi, says, I guess at the end of this price, if Reuven had put up three walls, and now Shimon, he puts up the fourth wall on his own, so then he has to pay for the first three walls that Reuven had put up previously. Taima, the Godar Nikaf. That's only because the person who was surrounded, the person who's in the inside, Shimon, that's because he put up the fourth wall. That's why he has to pay. Hamakif Potter. But if, if Ruvain, who's on the outside, put up that fourth wall, it would imply that he doesn't have to pay. Shmami, we can deduce from that. Zenen of Zilechaser. If this one uh, benefits from it, meaning Shimon, and this one doesn't lose out, Ruvain, Potter. There's an obligation for Shimon to pay. So my answer is Shani Hasim. There's no proof in that case. Because there it's different. The reason that he has to pay only if he himself puts it up, and out of Ruvain puts up the fourth wall, the Amr Leila did this sagili binetira barzuzo. Because Shimon Kantaina, even if Ruvain put up that fourth wall, according to Rabbi so he'll say to him like this, you put up this heavy-duty security fence, and if it were up to me, I would have put up on the fourth side just a lowly bush full of thorns, and the animals wouldn't have come in. So so Shimon can say to Ruvain, I don't need your wall. So that's the Chiddush. So when he puts it up himself, when Shimon puts up a fourth wall, Wall, a strong security wall, so it shows that he was nichla, he was happy with the first three walls, so then he has to pay. But if he, if Reuven puts up the fourth wall, there's no proof, according to BIC, that Shimu is happy with what he got, and therefore he doesn't have to pay. The Gemara continues and tries to bring another proof. Tashima. If you have a, a house and an attic, a lower level and upper level of a house that belong to two different people, Shinnaflu, and the whole house fell. So Ruvain, who owns the upstairs, says to Shimon, who owns the downstairs, live nice, he wants him to build his lower level so he can build his upper level. Ruvain writes it. So the person who owned the lower level, Shimon, does not want to build it. So the person who lived upstairs, Ruvain, can build a lower level and live within that lower level. 
Shmuel, even though really it should belong to Shimon. Until Shimon pays Ruvain the the expenditures that it cost to build that lower level. So all we have in discussion over here is that the, the expenditures have to be paid by the person who owns the lower level, Shimon, the lower level, Shimon, and that has to be paid to, to Ruvain. But Ruvain does not have to pay anything to Shimon in regards to the fact that he's living in his, in his place. We can deduce from here that when one person benefits and the other person doesn't lose out, there's no obligation to pay. Because Ruvain's living in Shimon's area and Ruvain doesn't have to pay Shimon for that. It's different over there because the lower level is encumbered, so to speak, to the upper level. Meaning, since the, the lower level has an obligation to the upper level, the upper level can't exist without the lower level being there. The lower level has not yet built his area, refuses to do that. So the upper level, the person, Ruvain, has the right to be dwelling in that lower level and doesn't have to pay him. We try to bring a different proof. Rabbi Yehuda says, If you have this guy who lived in the dwelling place of his friend without his, his awareness, he does indeed have to pay him. We can deduce from this statement, If one person has benefit, the other person is not losing out, there is an obligation to pay. Gemara says it's no proof. It's different over there. Because it could be that the case is talking about a case where the person who is dwelling there caused a blackening of the walls. And once he's already causing damage in a certain sense of the house, so he also has to pay for the fact that he stayed there. They sent this question about Zenan of Zalei Chaser in front of the Yeshiva Rabbi Ami. Omar, he said, What did the guy who was staying there do? What did he cause him a loss? What did he damage? Why should he have to pay? Let's think about this matter. Let's be ma'ay and let's look into it. Again, they sent him the same question in front of Rabbi Chibar Abba. And he said, You keep sending me the question. If I would have understood the, the, the answer to this question, don't you think I would have sent it to you? You don't have to keep asking me. Itmar was stated in a memory. Rav Kahana, Rav Yechon, Rav Kahana said in the name of Rav Yechonon, It's not necessary for him to pay. Rabbi Avo, Amar Rabbi Yechonon, Tzarek Lahalas L'Sachar. Rabbi Avo said in the name of Rabbi Yechonon, You do indeed have to pay. Amar Rapapa, Rapapa says, Hadar Rabbi Avo, Labe Fierish Itmar. This statement of Rabbi Avo that he said in the name of Rabbi Yechonon, that you have to pay, was not expressly stated by Rabbi Yechonon. El Mechlala Itmar. He actually deduced it on his own from an interaction that he had with Rabbi Yechonon, the Tanan. Because we learned in the Mishnah, Natal Evan Akira Shel Hakdish, Harei Ze Leimal. If, let's say you have a gizbor, a person who's a treasurer, he's in charge of the money of the base of of the temple. So he has a stone or, or a beam that belongs to the temple, and he takes it into his own possession, so it already was in his possession, but therefore there's no concept of me'ila, hasn't transferred, and therefore he hasn't yet been become a chuy, if he's not obligated to bring a, a carbon me'ila, he hasn't benefited from something which belongs to the temple yet. But when he transfers it to his friend's domain, so then there it has been transferred, he is the one who has done it, his friend doesn't even know about it, so therefore he's not, he's, he now has an obligation to pay, he now has an obligation to bring a Karmila. But on the tech base, let's say he built it into his house, so he has not yet done Me'ila, we're assuming the Gemara is going to say soon, that he didn't do anything to change the actual beam itself. Until he lives under it and he benefits from it, a Shavapruta worth of time. So we see over here that it's Zen and and he's benefiting from it, and he has to pay. And we're talking about a case where he placed it on the window, and uh, because there, you didn't actually do anything to change the actual beam or the actual stone. 
This comes to teach us. We see from here that a person who lives in his in his friend's house without his awareness, so he has to pay him because it's zenena And Rabbi Yechonon was quiet, so that's how that's how Rabbi Yavo knew that he or he thought that Rabbi Yechonon held that in fact you have to pay even though you haven't the person hasn't lost anything. You suffer me the shasik mightily. He thought from the fact that Rabbi Yechonon was quiet that meant that he admitted to what he said. It's not true. The fact that he didn't respond was because he didn't even give credence to anything that he said. Like Rabba, the Marab Rabba says, "Hektish shalemidas." When hektish is not aware, so to speak, kehedimidas dami. So it's similar to a hediot who is aware. When a person who is aware, and the way the Marab explains Taisus, so when a, when a hediot, a regular person, is aware of the fact that you're in his place and he makes a condition with you that you have to pay, so you're gonna have to pay. So to over here, it's considered like like the the Beis Hamikdash had made the temple, Hashem himself, Kibiyachol, who is aware of what you were doing, and it's like you made a condition that you have to pay for it. That's why there's an Nizchayvus, that's why you have to pay. But in a case where Zenen and Vizilei Chaser, since there was no agreement up front, so we still don't have an answer as to what's going to be the Halacha.